Good morning, church. I trust everybody's well this morning. And yeah, thank you all for your understanding and patience as we endure once again church online. This is not the ideal. I would prefer to be um, live in front of you all, preaching um, the way God has called the preachers and the pastors to preach His Word. But may we endure, may the love of Christ work in our hearts to find the time to listen to the sermons as we meet like this over the next two weeks. And Lord willing, the 18th of July, we would be back in church together. Like I said, Lord willing. But let's continue to endure. Let's keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Let us continue to trust Him and walk faithfully, obediently and humbly with Him over the next two weeks and as we endure this pandemic. But please keep Robertson Reformed Community Church in prayer. Keep all of us in prayer. Everybody that um, fellowships in the church, your pastor and the leadership as well. Otherwise, I invite you all to turn with me to Matthew chapter 14 as I continue to preach um, about Jesus walking on the water and about worshipping Jesus. Do we worship Jesus every day? So follow me now as I read from Matthew chapter 14, starting at verse 22. Immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But the boat by this time was long way from the land, beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, It's a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, Come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying to him, O oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. And those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly you are the Son of God. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this opportunity to preach, that we can continue to preach your word, listen to your word, so that your word can, can rebuke us and and teach us and correct us and train us in righteousness so that we may be faithful and humble as we walk with you in this world. So help us to listen. Help us to really find the time to listen to what your word has to say to our hearts, to our mind, to our whole being. Because your word ministers to our whole being and it's there to build us up in Christ. So Father, please give me wisdom now to preach and to continue to be faithful to your word and be merciful to the church and all of us as we endure this lockdown. Pray and ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. This morning, I'm going to continue looking at worshipping Jesus from Matthew chapter 14, verses 22 to 23. And when I say worshipping Jesus, I'm saying worshipping the Son of God. Jesus is the Son of God. He's not 
just some mere man or prophet or good teacher. He is the Son of God. And life is about worshipping Jesus. And I'm talking, like I said, about Jesus, the Son of God. Last Sunday, we looked at our first reason to see why we should be worshipping Jesus every day of our lives, which I'll recap now now. But are we worshipping Jesus every day of our lives? Or just here on a Sunday? When we come to church on a Sunday, is this the only time that we are worshipping Jesus? Are we worshipping Him from the time we wake up to the time we go to sleep? And you notice, I said Jesus. Why? Because worship must always have a direct object. Like I said last week, when, when you talk to some people and you ask them, did you go to church? Yes, I went to church and I worshipped. But you want to say to them, who? Or how was your Sunday worship? No, we just, we just worshipped. But who? Who are you worshipping? That's why I said we worship Jesus. He's our direct object. And to worship is to worship someone or something. And for us, the Christian, our someone is Jesus, the Son of God. We don't just come here on a Sunday worshipping. We come here on a Sunday worshipping Jesus, the Son of God, the Son of Man, the Son of David. And Scripture tells us that Jesus has been raised up and he's seated next to the right hand of the Father. And if he's been raised up and he's next to the right hand of the Father, well, we need to seek the things above where Jesus is seated. And that's who we worship, Jesus. True worship is worshipping Jesus as he is in the Scriptures every day. And that's why we need to be careful because if we're not worshipping Jesus, then who are we worshipping? Well, to be honest, if we're not worshipping Jesus, we will be worshipping Satan. Because there was a time when Jesus was in the wilderness and he was tempted by the devil to worship him. Matthew writes about it. Again, the devil took Jesus to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And Satan said to him, All these I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. And Jesus said to him, Be gone, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Like I said, we can only worship Jesus, the Son of God, or we worship Satan. And it's amazing that when we get into a trial, into a circumstance into some difficulty we always start well we always look to jesus but as the trial intensifies as it endures and becomes more painful we seem to push jesus out the way and we seem to start looking at other things the world its philosophies and we end up then bowing down to satan and we end up worshiping him but we are called to worship the Son of God. No matter what circumstance we find ourselves in right now, we should be worshipping Him. And when I talk about worshipping, I'm, I'm talking about the greatest act of worship, which is to trust Jesus. So when I say worshipping Jesus, worshipping the Son of God every day, I, I mean, are we trusting Jesus with our whole being every day through the good times and through the bad times 
no matter what struggle we're going through at the moment. And, and yes, this lockdown, this pandemic is bringing a lot of suffering. And we're going to get fatigued because it's, it's something that doesn't seem to, be, to want to go away. It just keeps coming back with vengeance. So we need to look to Jesus and we need to trust him. I know last week I mentioned Jehoshaphat from 2 Chronicles chapter 20. You're welcome to turn with me to 2 Chronicles 20 again. And there was a time when Jehoshaphat was afraid. There was a great multitude that was coming against him. And he was afraid. And he set his face to seek the Lord. You see, he looked to God. And he worshipped God when it came to being afraid. He came to seek the Lord, says verse 4. And then if you go down to verse 9 of, of 2 Chronicles chapter 20, we will stand before this house and before you, for your name is in this house, and cry to you in our affliction, and you will hear and save. And then verse 12, O our God, Will you not execute judgment on them? For we are powerless against this great horde that is coming against us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. You see, when we go through trials and through sufferings, we are powerless. But will we fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith? And that's what I want to do this morning. I want to help us, which I did last week. We looked at our First reason why we should be worshipping Jesus, why we can trust Jesus every day of our lives. And hopefully as we look at our second thing, we will fix our eyes on Jesus and worship him every day, trust him through our sufferings. So let me quickly recap our first reason. And the first reason why we should be worshipping Jesus every day of our lives is because Jesus is the creator and we'll pick this up in verses 22 to 26 of matthew chapter 14 and there are times we don't see jesus as the creator god well he is the son of god and we know from scripture from colossians um, if, you, if you turn with me to colossians chapter 3 and i'll quickly read from Verse 13, if you, sorry, Colossians um, chapter 1, sorry, Colossians chapter 1, verse 13. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son. This is talking about God our Father. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son. That's Jesus, the Son of God, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Now look at verse 15. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. And look at verse 16. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. Jesus is God and he created the material universe. Now why am I telling you this? Well, it's important to know that Jesus is the creator God. Because when it comes to, to worshipping Him as the Creator God, well then no wonder the waves 
and the, the winds. Listen to him when we look at this um, text, this passage with Jesus walking on the water and coming to his disciples. And, and that should encourage us, encourage us to fix our eyes on Jesus as the creator God. Why? Because he's Lord of creator. He controls all things. And all things are under his command. Jesus made all things. He controls all things. And by him all things hold together. The, the, the author of the book of Hebrews tells us this. That Jesus upholds the universe by the word of his power. So no matter what trial we are going through. We should be worshipping Jesus, the Son of God, the Creator God, who we can trust. And Jesus is not just some mere man, prophet or good teacher. He's the Son of God. And, and you'll see that he went up onto the mountain by himself to pray. Why? Because he too needed comfort. He too needed encouragement. And while he's praying and he finished he came down, but a storm broke out. There's a storm. The disciples are caught up in the storm because in verse 22 it tells us that Jesus immediately made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side. And then he dismissed the crowds. And now we see Jesus in the fourth watch of the night. He comes to them walking on the See, and the fourth watch is between three and six in the morning and the disciples have been struggling fighting the storm for about nine hours and now jesus walks plus minus five kilometers on the water to them he comes to them while they're caught up in the storm is this a coincidence did Jesus know that the storm was coming? Yes, certainly he did. There was no storm at the beginning when he set them off in the boat to go to the other side. They would never have got into the boat. But sometime during that time in the boat, a storm came. And the storm came from Jesus, the Creator God. He, he, he deliberately directed them into the storm. And we can talk like this because Jesus is the creator God, the son of God, who controls all things, even the weather. And he sends the disciples into the storm and we know to test their faith. And for them to also see who Jesus is. Because back in Matthew chapter 8, um, verse 23, there Jesus calmed the storm. And they were also afraid. And then at the end of um, Matthew chapter 8, verse 27, after he had calmed the storm, the men marveled, saying, What sort of man is this, that even the winds and the sea obey him? And now through walking on the water and calming the sea, they go one step further, and they see him as the Son of God. See, Jesus is the greater God. And he is going to test us as well. He has promised in this world, we will have tribulation. James tells us that various trials will come our way. Why? To test us. To see if we will keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. But we know from this passage, we see Jesus 
coming to them, walking on the sea. And that tells us that he cares for them, that he loves them. And he comes to his disciples and he comes walking on the water. But when they see Jesus, they think he's a ghost and they cried out in fear. It's a ghost. They didn't recognize Jesus because fear blinded their eyes to his presence. And in their panic, they could not help but cry out in fear. But Jesus understood their weakness. And he understands our weakness as well. That's why we need to look to Jesus and worship him and trust him when we go through trials. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are yet without sin. Jesus loves us and he cares for us and he is able to sympathize with our weaknesses. Scripture gives us all the reason to be worshipping Jesus every day of our lives. No matter what trial we are going through, because Jesus is the creator. And I encourage you, go and listen to last week's sermon. And, and listen to that first point, which I elaborated more on. And I, and I fleshed out more on verses 22 to 26 of Matthew chapter 14. And this was just a recap. But let's now turn to our second reason. Why we should be worshipping Jesus every day of our lives. It's because Jesus is the rescuer. And we see this in verses 27 to 33 of Matthew chapter 14. Jesus is Lord and Savior. And when I say he's our rescuer, yes, he, he has rescued us from the wrath to come. He has saved us. We were once dead in our trespasses and sins by nature. We were children of wrath, but God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. So God, through and by the Lord Jesus Christ, saves us. Through Jesus we have salvation. We have eternal life. And Galatians says, the Lord Jesus Christ gave himself for our sins to rescue us from the present evil age. So yes, he has come as our rescuer. He has come as our rescuer to rescue us from the wrath to come. Because if you are in Christ Jesus, there is no condemnation. But it doesn't stop there. Yes, he's rescued us from, from he has rescued us from final judgment, but it doesn't stop there. He also rescues us from our trials and our sufferings. He hasn't just saved us and now he sits back in heaven and watches us suffer. No, he, he comes to our aid. But are we willing to turn to him? Are we willing to look to him? And, and allow him to come to us. Because he's the one. Jesus, the son of God, is the one who allows trials to come into our lives to test our faith as well. To see if we will continue worshipping Him through them. Trust Him. And like I said earlier on, how often we start well, but we don't end well. We take our eyes off Him and we fix them on something else. And Jesus is always ready to help us. And rescue us from our trials. Not necessarily come and take the trial away from us, but He gives us the wisdom to work through them. 
because in him is hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And he wants to help us. Help us in his time and in his pace. And this is what happens. Jesus, you notice, comes walking on the sea. He's not running. He's not panicking. And he's worried that his disciples are going to drown now. He comes walking on the sea. Why? Because he is sovereign and in control. What a great friend we have in Jesus who cares for us and we can cast all our anxieties upon him. And he comes walking. And yes, when they cry out, it's a ghost. He immediately speaks to them. Take heart. It is I. Do not be afraid. It is I, the Son of God. Not a mere man or a prophet or a good teacher, but the Son of Man who has come to your rescue. Jesus, the all-knowing, all-seeing, all-powerful God, knows their needs and He knows their hearts. He sees their fear and their anxiety. And He comes to them. And this is a lovely picture of Jesus coming to their aid, which tells us that we will never find ourselves in a situation where Jesus cannot help us. And no situation seems too severe for him to rescue us from it. Paul told us in the book of Romans, nothing will separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Jesus will never leave us. He will never forsake us. What can man do to us? He loves us so much that he wants to rescue us and protect us. And he'll never fail us. He'll never forsake us. And, and, and when you look at this, this, this passage, Jesus walking on the water and coming to the aid and, and saying to his disciples, take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. That shows us that we have no reason to fear. No matter how hopeless, how powerless, how threatening our circumstance seems to be. Life is going to be full of trials. It is going to be painful and often frightening. But we're never left on our own to deal with what is happening to us on our own. See, Psalm 56 verses 3 to 4 is a lovely psalm. When the psalmist says, I put my trust in you. I put my trust in God. And, and we too can put our trust in Jesus. In Jesus will I trust. I will continue worshipping Jesus through this trial. Because I know in time, He will come to my aid. He will rescue me. He has the one that's told me, take heart. It is I to not be afraid. And that's why we need to look to Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. And embrace his words. Take heart. I have overcome the world. And we are also overcomers. We are more than conquerors in him. He fights the victory. He is I am who I am. He is Lord of creation. We need to put our trust in him. We need to take heart. It is I. Do not be afraid. And then we see Peter in verse 28. Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. 
Jesus said, come. And Peter comes. What an act of love. He didn't say anything like, Peter, you're not good enough. He just said, come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. And this shows Jesus' patience and care for Peter. He, didn't, he could have said to Peter, wait, Peter, you're not ready for this. Clean up your life. I know your heart. I know you're going to fail. But no. He, he, he tests us. And, and we grow when we fail. We look back and we should see, wow, that trial was not as hard as it should have been. But fear got in the way. Anxiety got in the way. And I made it bigger than what it was supposed to be. And we too should, should hear these words from Jesus, the Son of God, who is a loving God. He says to us, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lonely in heart. And you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Just like, just like Jesus said to Peter, come. He says to us, come. No matter what's going on in your life, no matter how weak your faith is, how imperfect you are at this moment, your love, just come. Come to me with everything. Will we go to Jesus who loves us in his perfect love more than we'll ever know? Someone said, it is God's nature to be loving, just as it is water's nature to be wet. And the sun's nature to be bright and hot. And when Peter does come and begin to walk, you notice he begins to sink. Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. And that's what happens to us. When we go through trials, when there is suffering, and we take our eyes of Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, we start sinking. Woe is me. Why all this? Why me, Jesus? And we grumble and we complain. It's because we've taken our eyes off Jesus. If you're in that situation at the moment, I encourage you to cry out to Jesus. Lord, save me. Not from this trial, but save me from this wrong attitude. This wrong way I look at you and the way I'm behaving. Please help me. And when Peter cried out, Jesus doesn't say, wait, I'm going to give you a quick six lessons on truth to trust me. No, he, he shows affection and love. He immediately reached out his hand and took hold of Peter, saying to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Wow, 
Why can't we talk to people like that when they struggle with their faith and when they doubt? Why do we have to lambaste them with words? Why do we treat people so so harshly when they when they sink from their trials? Instead of lovingly coming to them and putting an arm around them or lifting them up and 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 encouraging them with words that our words are seasoned with salt. Jesus just says to Peter, you have little faith, why did you doubt? And how true is that? He did doubt. And his faith was little. But what's beautiful, it doesn't, what the beautiful thing is, Peter had faith. But he had weak faith, which is better than no faith. So when our faith is weak and our faith is small, just fix your eyes on Jesus. Cry out to him, the author and perfecter of our faith. And stop doubting. This is a great lesson for us. When we are suffering or experiencing some painful trial, we must be in God's word and in prayer. This is what this whole passage is, is about. Is that Jesus is in prayer and looking to his Father. And then he comes and he helps his disciples. And we should be in God's word and prayer. Why? So we can allow the Holy Spirit to help us to comfort us and to encourage us. He's our comforter. He's our helper. And He will help us. And He will keep us from doubting God and sinking further into our fears and falling into temptation. Because the Holy Spirit will be working together with God's Word to help us, to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. He will come as our rescuer. Through his word and he will help us. It's amazing. Jesus knows how weak our hearts are. That's why we depend on him. That's why we that's why we Christians. We go to Jesus because we're weak, we're feeble. And look what Jesus does. Like I said, he reached out his hand, took hold of him, saying to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. And when they got into the boat, they walked back. And together they get into the boat. And immediately the winds stopped. Jesus didn't turn his back on, on, on Peter. He will never turn his back on us. It's us who turn our backs on him. And of course, he has the big picture. When he got into the boat, the wind ceased. And those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly you are the Son of God. And when we go through trials, and if we worship in Jesus through the trials, and we gain to God's word, ah, we will grow in the grace and knowledge of God. We will see God in a way that we wouldn't have seen him before the trial. We will learn to trust him. And we will learn to see Jesus as our rescuer, as the Son of God. And it's a beautiful picture to trust Jesus, acknowledge him as King of Kings and Lord of Lords, no matter what we're going through. Scripture again gives us all the reason to be worshipping Jesus every day of our lives, no matter what trials we are in, because Jesus is the rescuer. 
Like I said, he might not come and take the trial away from you, but he will help you. He will encourage you. He will comfort you through the scriptures. So now that we've, we know of these great two reasons why we should be worshipping Jesus every day of our lives, from Matthew chapter 14, verses 22 to 26, first, Jesus is the creator, and second, Jesus is our rescuer. Will we do this? Hopefully these two reasons will encourage us or exhort us to turn our eyes back on worshipping Jesus, no matter what we gain through. He knows our needs. He knows what's going on in our hearts. And that's why I close with this lovely passage. Again, you've probably heard it over and over. Hebrews chapter 4, verses 14, 15 and 16. Listen as I close. Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. So let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace, because God's grace is sufficient to help us in time of need. But look back at verse 14. Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens. Jesus. Jesus who? Jesus the Son of God. The Creator God. Our Rescuer. Who, whose arms are wide open to accept us and to help us. Provided we come to Him with confidence. Not doubting, but trusting and asking in faith for help. And he will help us. So will we look to Jesus? And will we continue worshipping Jesus through our trials? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this passage. Jesus walking on water. Thank you that we don't just see Jesus as this man looking to help his disciples. But we see Jesus who is truly the Son of God, who's the Creator God, who, who's our rescuer, who loves us. He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. We forsake Him. We turn our back on Him. So, Father, please forgive us when we do this to Your Son. Be merciful to us. Be gracious to us. And give us wisdom, Father, to endure this, this, this pandemic that we would keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, that we would look to Him when we feel powerless and hopeless. Be merciful to all of us in our work, in our homes, in our marriages, in our parenting, as we endure what is going on in this world. So Father, thank You for this passage that we can learn so much that we need to keep on worshipping Jesus every day of our lives, no matter what is happening in the world around us or in our own lives. We thank you that Jesus is the Creator God, that He is our rescuer. Please help us. Please help us to embrace this, this, these truths. Pray and ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to close with a lovely benediction again to Jude. So please follow. And, and also listen to the song, I Have a Shelter. Listen to it and, and, and sing together and pray together and, and, 
and worship Jesus. No matter what's going on in your life, worship Him. But here, as I close, with this lovely passage from Jude. Now to Him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of His glory with great joy, to the only God our Saviour, through Jesus Christ our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion and authority before all time and now and forever. And God's people say, Amen.